I found real estate and found my passion, I wish that I had encouraged that in him earlier. I get to combine everything I love. I get to work with people. I get to help them with some of their interior design or, you know, when we walk into a house, see the potential of what it could be. You have to build relationship with your kids where they are. And I think that changes as they go through their stages in life. Expose them to everything and they're going to figure out what they love. Hey guys, I'm Young, a full-time dad and a full-time professional with the goal to become the best parent possible. The Girl Dad Show is my journey interviewing fellow working parents aspiring to be both good at work and parenting. I'm going to do this by gathering and sharing unfiltered perspectives from my guests. So join me as I research parenthood one interview at a time. This episode of The Girl Dad Show is brought to you by 212. Among the many things that I do, I'm also an angel investor. The two biggest mistakes I see founders make when they come to me for investments are one, they don't have a clean cap table, and two, they're unable to clearly articulate how my equity will dilute over future rounds, and more importantly, what my ROI will be when the company exits. It's very difficult for me to make my investment decisions without these data points. 212 solves this problem for both me and the founders. For $240 a year, 212 offers an incredibly powerful cap table management and valuation modeling platform. It is by far one of the most powerful productivity tools I've seen, and I highly recommend every founder sign up. Modeling convertible notes, safes, price rounds, pro rata, liquidation preferences, and exit events is a breeze on 212. Founders can then easily share all these complex calculations and what-if scenarios with investors and close their round much quicker. They're also giving my listeners 25% off their first year's membership costs if you use the discount code TGDS at checkout. If you're a founder or investor, you should absolutely get on 212 as soon as possible. It's an absolute no-brainer. Dilution is real and complex. Cap table management is confusing and expensive. You need to get on 212 today. What's the point of building a successful company you don't own? Jen, thank you so much for joining me on my show today. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. It is going to be a really, really fun episode to be able to talk to you in a different capacity than we normally do. Yes, for sure. Let's jump right into it. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners uh, what you do? Okay. I am primarily a real estate agent here in the Austin area, but also co-owner of Heart and Homes Realty Group, which is powered by Keller Williams. So started our brokerage, um, I guess about five months ago. We moved out and started branding on our own and hiring agents. So that's what we do. That's amazing. That's awesome. And I, um, I got to know you through real estate as well. So there's a lot to unpack there. And we've had some really great uh, stories and conversations around real estate, but also just like, family and stuff. I feel like being a real estate agent really does allow you to like play so many roles for your clients, <laughs> for lack of better words. You do end up being like, what did I call you one time? I said you were like a therapist, a coach, uh, a salesperson, a negotiator. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty yeah. funny. Uh, That's what we do. Yeah. So what are some of the big more therapy than it is anything else? Just walking you through the process. That's right. That's right. Just like helping people through like one of the largest transactions they'll ever make. Right. Yes, exactly. Nothing big. (laughs) What are some of the big projects you're currently working on? Big projects currently working on. Oh, goodness. Got some new builds going on. We finally have some inventory in Austin. So really excited to see the market here stabilizing a bit. It's, we're still having some multiple offers in the lower price points, but it's really starting to slow down, which we're, we're kind of glad about, be able to take a breath. And buyers that haven't had a chance are now getting homes. So it's, it's a good thing. 
Yeah, it is a good thing. And it's a good thing for me, too. I mean, I definitely am looking to buy some more homes. So <laughs> I'm excited about it slowing down a little bit because it was really chaotic to be um, trying to learn how to do real estate investing the last couple of months here. It's been kind In of nuts. the crazy market we've had, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. And it's got to be really fun for you kind of uh, building a business during this crazy time in real estate in Austin specifically. I'm assuming it's about to have been just maniacal. It is. It's it's very challenging. Um, and you won't find many agents that have actually liked the climate that we've had lately. I mean, sellers are loving it, but you just can't get your buyers any homes. So it just, it, it's been really difficult and I'm glad to see it slow down. Now we can start focusing on hiring more agents, getting more processes in place, mm -hmm. things like that, which is our next, our next big challenge. Nice. Very cool. And then uh, what about your, um, your kids? Uh, how many do you have and who are they and how old are they and who are they? We have three. Um, my husband has two from a prior marriage, and I have one. We have a boy and a girl that are both 24 years old, graduated high school the same year. And nice. then we have our oldest one who is 27. They are all kind of out of the nest or getting ready to be out of the nest, which is kind of exciting and scary at the same time. What do you mean? Um you know, my son's 24. He's the last one that's been here. He's been in school, so he stayed at home. Mm -hmm. um, he's now graduated, gotten himself a, a really great job, and is um, co-purchasing co a condo because, you know, I couldn't, being a real estate agent, let him rent. So he's, he's going to co-purchase a condo with us co-signing, and it's going to be good. Got it. it. So you're going to buy a condo with him? Yeah. I mean, he's going to be working at the Domain here in Austin, which is, you know, retail shopping, lots of trendy restaurants, oh, clubs, yeah. and he couldn't find anything to rent for as cheap as we could buy him a condo. So why not buy something, gain some equity and keep, you know, building our empire? Absolutely. I'm, I'm totally in with that. And as you know, um, we've spent a lot of time over the last few months this year, actually, specifically getting to know each other just because of my desire to become a real estate investor and uh, trying to learn that ropes. And, you know, you've been teaching me a lot about uh, the mechanics of it, but I completely agree with you. But I do have to qualify. Did you just say that the rent is too hard to find? And so it's, it's actually cheaper to buy than it is to rent? Is that what you just said? Or did I hear you wrong? It is actually in that area it is cheaper to buy than it is to rent. Wow. Right? Yeah. Wow. What a time to be in real estate, right? That is like, that is yeah. like crazy. Um, but I believe it. It makes sense. It totally makes yeah. sense. Cause like the barrier to entry is just high enough where it actually then further exacerbates the rent, right? Where like there's not enough availability that it increases the rent. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. so crazy. That's a price point right now that, you know, you've got younger buyers looking at one bedroom condos and they just don't have the credit scores or they don't have the down payment. Um, so they have to rent, which, you know, ends up costing them more in the long run. Um, and that's what I kind of want to avoid for Matt. Let's gain some equity while he pays, pays rent to us, you know? Oh, nice. So you're going to charge him rent though. That's great. I love it. He's going to pay the mortgage. Yeah. yeah literally. Yeah. We're going to help Kosan on it and then he's going to take it and... Because my next question was going to be, what about the other kids? Are you going to help them with their, with their... But it sounds like he's paying his mortgage, so... We have. Um, and, you know, the good thing is I've been working with Matt since he was a teenager to make sure his credit's where it's need to be. He doesn't have much credit, but what he has is great. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, yeah, absolutely. If we can get our other kids to that point, absolutely would help them as well. Nice. That's awesome. 
And is did you um, did you grow up with that kind of background and mentality, or is that something that uh, you learned along the way? Like, what, where did that come from? Definitely, for me, learned that along the way. Um, I was the kid that was, you know, got a checkbook and, oh, I have a check. I can write a check. Doesn't mean I have money in the bank, but I could write a check. Yeah. So it's definitely been a yeah. process for me to learn, you know, over the years, the credit scores and, you know, what all that can do for you, and especially helping buyers and sellers now. it It's huge. Have you always been in real estate or did you dabble in other things growing up? Um, I have not. I started out after college um, as a social worker, worked in a nursing home, skilled nursing home for decades um, as a social worker, and then opened up my own interior design business, and then got uprooted here to Texas, so started the real estate thing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of very, very um, timely that you moved to Austin during this time, and then you picked up the real estate thing, and so... um, because I, I feel like um, even among the fast and rapid growth of real estate all over the country and probably all over the world, I feel like Austin is like extra special right now. I just feel like it's like the epicenter of all of it, right? Like it's just it like is. crazy here. Yeah. Because I've been here long enough to know that this was not the market when I moved here. You know, mm-hmm. when I started real estate here, you could make an offer underneath asking and mm-hmm. you could negotiate repairs. You could do everything that a typical buyer would be able to do. And that changed with COVID. That's when everything kicked off. COVID started. um, There was a lull of three to four weeks where nobody pretty much did anything. Everything was really quiet. And they were talking about shutting builders down and just a kind of a scary time. And then things just exploded. And it just now has started to slow down. So you're saying like just at the COVID time, the change has sparked. So you're talking about less than two years. Absolutely. This this craziness. this way before COVID started. Mm-mm. Wow. What nope. a time to be in real estate. Yeah. And then there's people like me just exacerbating the problem. Cause I'm just like trying to buy more. <laughs> I want more. I want more real estate. Um, I love it. And so what do you think about, um, what do you think about this? Uh, like what's driving you to do this? I, I mean, I'm like really curious as you like start to think about like, um, you just said building your empire and, mm-hmm. um, kind of like figuring out how to do this for your kids. What does that look like for you? You know, it's, when I started real estate, I never would have imagined that I would be, you know, co-owner, co-owner of a brokerage, and it's happened very quickly. But mm-hmm. my partner and I also started out very, very heavy and very, very hard-hitting. We were those agents that during class, when I was taking class at my first brokerage, had only had my license for three weeks, I was negotiating the sale of a $650,000 house. That's how quickly I started, and, you know, my momentum has not stopped since. Um, so I think, you know, that has allowed me to get to the point where I am, whereas now my business is a lot of referral base. And sometimes that takes agents a few years to get to that point. So I've gotten there a bit quicker, which has helped me grow my business just as fast. Yeah. So, but I guess what I'm asking is where did that come from? Where did that drive to grow so fast and do real estate come from? Because I feel like real estate, unlike most businesses is very, very self-driven. And if in order to be successful at it, you have to like put in the you have to want it first off you have to have the motivation and then you have to have the perseverance to stick with it because there's a lot of agents uh-huh. there are a lot of agents and the vast majority of them don't do well right 
Yeah. And so, you know what I mean? For you to be, to, to be, you know, new at it, relatively new at it, um, uh, in the scheme of things, or not necessarily being a real estate family or multi-generations or, you know, doing that steep, you know what I'm talking about? This kind of agents that have, that have it on the family coming in as almost like a newcomer and like taking it over and being, um, successful at it must've created some level of like, uh, you know, I don't know. What's the catalyst for that? I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the statistics are scary. It's somewhere between 75 and 80% of agents the first year aren't going to make it. That's right. Um, but, you know, like we talked before, the careers that I've had before have led me to this. You know, it's the working with people and the social work aspect. It's the interior design, which has allowed me to juggle multiple projects and talk to people and get to know what they actually really are looking for, which is a big thing in real estate. And it just absolutely clicked. I mean, it's like I found my calling later in life, but I finally found it. And it's absolutely love it. It's a passion of mine now. And then when you were growing up with the kids, did you actually um, uh, continue to work or were you a stay at home? Or what was that looking like for you? I stayed at home with my son until he started um, kindergarten and then started working part time so that I could be there after he was he was out of school. Um you know, doing social work, working with teenagers, and then eventually kind of graduated to the nursing home. Um, so, you know, he does have he does have that foundation of me staying at home, but I think he more remembers me going through a divorce and having to work full time and work overtime, um, and you know, slowly getting to the point where I am now. So he's seen kind of both aspects of it. Got it. So you got divorced like when he was going into um, elementary school, middle school. Yep, I did. Wow, got it. And so does that have a um does that have like one of those things that you're like you're just like almost like a second coming? Like you're you're now kind of like like redoing uh redoing your kids are about to leave the nest and you're like, what the hell am I gonna do with my time? <laughs> Maybe there's a part of that. A lot of people are slowing down at this point and I'm not. It's you know, I yeah. found my career later in life. It it really is a passion of mine because it helps me you know, I get to combine everything I love. I get to work with people. I get to help them with some of their interior design or, you know, when we walk into a house, see the potential of what it could be um, yeah. if it's renovations. So I feel like I found my stride later in life and I have no plans to slow down right now. It's None fun. Whatsoever. It's totally fun. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely what do you, what do your kids it. think about it? Um, you know, they're kind of amazed that I started out and went as fast as I did. I mean, I did the same with my interior design business three months after I started that. I had a contract for um, a condo community that was 300 wow. units to redo, you know, their entire um, space after a hurricane. So that's kind of how I do things. If I do them and I love them, then I just, I go for it. Where did that come from? Well, how, what was your childhood like? Um, childhood, I can't say it was difficult, but there were definitely struggles. My father left when I was three years old, so he was not involved in my life at all after the age of three. So I was raised with a single mother who worked three jobs to support us. Oh, wow. And I can, I say this to her often, I look back now and I didn't know that I was poor as a child because my mom never let me know that. I look back at some of the meals that we ate were so economical, but to me, they were my favorite meals. They were what I looked forward to. So she never, you know, she never had that mentality of, oh, we don't have it's, well, what do we need to do to get to where we want to be or what we want to have? Um, So she definitely instilled that in me. If you want something, you're going to work for it. 
Oh, got it. And so, uh, so then were you able to like carry that on obviously in your business here, but how about with your kids? Are you doing that to them as well or? Um, you know, we're trying and they're, they're getting on path now. Um, I think several of them have found their, their, their loves and their careers later on. Um, my son always kind of wanted to do culinary, but went to school for, in a, you know, robotics and technical um, high school, so was kind of stuck in between which one he wanted to do. He had actually started um, four-year college before we moved here, and then put that on hold when we moved here. Um, and then, you know, a business he was working at closed, and we said, you know what, let's do school. Let's go back to culinary. Let's do what you actually love. Because I can't say that I encouraged that career for him because I didn't want the long hours. I didn't want everything that comes with but it's what he loves. So, you know, probably food just business. It. Mm-hmm. it's what yeah. he loves to cook. He loves to have people enjoy his dishes and make different things. And so how are you balancing that though? So like based on what you want for him versus like what, what, you know, they want for themselves. Like what's the, what's the, what's the right mix coming at the back? I mean, you're not the back end of it, but I'm like way early on in my parenting career. So I'm, from my point of view, you've made it, you know what I mean? And so you know, coming on that, you know, adult side of it, like, what do you think was the right balance? Do you have any regrets or any things that you think you did well on? When it comes I do. To- I wish that I encouraged him to do what he wanted to do earlier, because I feel like in some ways I wanted him to go to an tech field. I wanted him, to, you know, to make all this money and be successful, you know, creating games and things like that, um, which is coding and, and everything that he was into. But it was not his passion. Yeah. And, you know, especially now that I've found real estate and found my passion, I wish that I had encouraged that in him earlier because I think he'd probably be farther along. Um, but hindsight 2020, he's now doing exactly what he loves and, and you know, doing great at it. So That's awesome. That's really, really interesting. I, I, I struggle with this quite a bit with my girls, right? Because I, um, I know I've talked to you about it, but I um, probably haven't elaborated to the extreme of how bad I want my, my girls to be musicians, which is probably antithesis to what most parents want their kids to be. Um, and Amy absolutely does not want them to be musicians because she's worried about them being successful musicians. And she just connotates like like fame and music with like drugs and like, you know, just like all the things that go like that. And so um, it's really funny because she's like, so, I mean, obviously we're going to want them to be successful. And so if they're successful musicians, aren't they going to be prone to doing drugs? And that's literally where her mind goes. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay, yeah, I guess it's one way of thinking about it. Yeah. So that's kind of where I want her, my kids to go. But um, I always struggle with like, you know, just how to like guide them towards that and make that part of their life and, and make sure that I'm also not being commandeering of of who they are because to your point i think it's so valuable to really like just spur spur their interest in things and help them figure out what they're passionate about and what they click with much more than like you know structuring them to be hey this is going to be economically the most um uh you know solvable or um uh, efficient for you right right Uh, yeah, and I think that that's one of the big things that I think most parents are uh, focused on is like, hey, safety and security first, right? And so that's why we push our kids to be doing things that you know we think are going to be more more beneficial for them. But I love that I love that advice coming from the back end of it as they start to leave the nest. You wish you would have done that more. That's really interesting. You know, the would say is just expose them to everything as much as you possibly can. Get them in, you know, piano classes, but dance classes, or you know 
computer classes, expose them to everything, and they're going to figure out what they love, you know, despite, yeah. you know, mom wanting them not to be a musician and dad not, or dad wanting them to, they're going to find what they love. It's, yeah. it's inevitable. That's it, right. I still, I still whisper in their ears when they're sleeping, be a musician, be a musician, at least 20 times every night. But yes, absolutely. Everything you just said too. <laughs> do they, um, do they um, enjoy real estate? through just osmosis or has that had any impact on them? Your kind of like second career here or your second run at, you know, business? No, not really. None of them have really expressed too much of an interest. Um, one of them in passing, but not sure that's ever gonna, ever gonna come through. Um, but I'm here to support them if that's what they want. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I feel like, um, I feel like, um, there's a lot of things that I think kids will soak up in you know they'll like basically either take nurture or nature but and then within that they'll either like try to emulate or they'll do the exact opposite of have you noticed that i have yeah. and you know i explain a lot of them to him and especially going through this condo purchase with you know my son right now he wanted me when we got back from seeing the condo he wanted me to put in an offer like right then and right there and i'm like no I'm not doing that. We have a strategy. This is how things work. And I had to explain to him why, you know, being the first offer in is sometimes not always the best. Um, so he's definitely absorbing that. And I think I am instilling in him, even if you don't go into real estate, real estate is a great place to invest. So let's make sure that's in our future. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that's really clever, too. I mean, if you can figure out ways to get them to diversify into real estate, I mean, that's one thing that I really want my kids to have. Whether they're interested in it or not, I think the concept of, like, diversifying your income is super, super critical. Right. And as I've as I've gotten, you know, and you've seen me evolve this year probably more than anybody actually I know, to be quite honest with you, which is really funny because uh, we met through buying my house here, moving to Texas. But oh. in inevitably, you, you ended up being, like, this catalyst and cohort in my uh, total transformation this year and kind of, like, the way I perceive life and money. And, and um, I just, like... You know, like, it's just one of those things where I'm like, my kids are going to grow up with diversified assets and they're going to have real estate as part of it. It's just one of those things that they have to have. Right. And I wish I had known this, you know, and uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it's like, well, not one of those negotiable things where I'm going to talk to them about it. It's just like, no, you're going to know this and you're going to have it and you're going to learn how to manage it and just keep it. Because I wish I had known this like 20 years ago. I feel like I'd be in a completely different situation than I am now. Right. And not to say that not to say that money s solves everything, but it sure damn helps a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and I know, like my husband is. Um, well, you know, we flipped a house a couple months ago, turned around and sold it, and made money on it, and you know, he thought, okay, we're done with real estate for a while. We're not going to do any more. You know, we're looking at different areas of real estate, and I'm like, nope, yeah. we're buying a condo, and he's like, what do you mean we're buying a condo? You yeah. know. And so to sit down and explain to him the whole rent versus buy, you know, what we're going to get from it, you know, is yeah. a huge thing for him just to help him understand why are we doing this and why are we doing it this way? Whereas me being the real estate professional, I'm like, yep, we're buying a condo. I'm writing a contract. We're going to see him. We're doing, you know, everything we need to do. And so sometimes I think we have to slow down and bring our spouses into our sphere and make them understand what we're doing. Yeah. And what is that like with your, um, with, with your spouse, you know, like, what does that look like as a parent and as an entrepreneur, like at this stage of your life, like, what does that look like? It's gotta be so different. You have the kids leaving the nest. Uh -huh. You guys are obviously uh, spurning up uh, a business that is uh, growing. 
Uh, I mean, you're doing a lot of different things right now. Um, what does what does your husband think about all this? <laughs> he absolutely loves it. He keeps telling me he wants to be a kept man, and he's going to retire and let me be his his sugar mama. I so. love it. I love it. <laughs> kept <laughs> man. That's nice. That's his goal in life. Um, yeah. It's you know he totally gets it. You, our next kind of focus in real estate would be to buy some plots of land, have somebody build on them sell some inventory homes, things like that. So that's the next focus. Um, and the condo definitely wasn't expected. It wasn't something we knew we were going to do, but just looking at the numbers, it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have that in our portfolio and whatever comes next, we're going to, we'll tackle. Cause we're just, I'm excited just like you. I'm very excited to build um, a different diversity of things that we've got going on. Yeah, and I and I love the I love that you called out the numbers thing, right? Because like what I've what I've learned in this short span of like, you know, seven months, eight months that I've been doing real estate is that you cannot get at all emotional about it. And I mean, right now I'm not at that point, right? I'm still I still like even though I know logically that I can't get emotional, I still am emotional about it. Like it's just it's inevitable and I'll have to keep doing more reps to completely detach myself from the emotion, but the, the, it's so important that you really treat it as like, do the numbers make sense? It's, it needs to be like that. And obviously it's really hard to, you know, cause we're emotional creatures as human beings, but right. what's really fascinating about that concept of like, does it actually make sense? Goes again, back to being a parent. And it's like, if you know that that's the reality and that's, what's going to drive success in this area, wouldn't you also parlay that into your parenting but also like doesn't that also mean that when you are parenting your kids do you want them to know these kind of concepts of like hey this is like hard numbers you don't want to mess with it even though it's an emotional thing like it's just like a really really interesting um um thing to think about that i've been muscling with as i try to learn how to detach my emotions you know i'm a very emotional person Uh i'm very outspoken (laughs) and i love people and all those things and so trying to like separate the two things has been really, really hard for me in many, many areas. Does that, does that make sense to you? Or am I, am I I conflating this? No, absolutely. I mean, it's been a journey, even just, you know, I keep talking about this condo, but it's been a real journey for this one because, you know, my son initially started looking at apartments around where he was going to be, his new job is going to be. And, you know, just going, oh my gosh, look at the rent of these. Okay. And then sitting down and doing the numbers. And he showed me the numbers, which is kind of what sparked me to say, well, you know, let's look at what's around there. Let's look at real estate and see what we can do. Um, Because even if we pay the same amount of rent that we are on the mortgage, which it's not, it's going to be less. But even if we pay the same amount, that's our house. That's our equity. That's, you know, a part of our portfolio that we're building. So it's just a matter of educating. This is what this can do. And this is what this can help us with with our future. Yeah. That's awesome. Very, very cool. And, um, and then, so what, what is it parenting look like for you now that you have these adult children? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> does that mean you're done? Like, what does that mean? Like, no, do you still parent them? No, you're never you're done. Okay. Because they will always come home, you know, and that's funny. We were talking about with my son moving out now, what are we going to do with his room? And I just couldn't grasp the fact that I can, redo it as a guest room now because he's going to be really gone. I mean, it's, you know, it's bittersweet because you love having them around, but on the other hand, you do want them to stand up and fly in their own two feet. Um, And our other two have been independent for much longer than my son has. So it's just going to be an adjustment. 
a huge adjustment. And he knows it's hard on his mom, so he's going to be coming home often. <laughs> That's it's awesome. With each kid. I mean, you know, one we talked to lives in Florida, and we talked to her on the phone every couple of days. The other lives here in Texas, so we see him once a week. Um, so it just, you know, you have to build relationship with your kids where they are. And I think that changes as they go through their stages in life. Wow. Yeah. And what stages, what stage is the, um, the one before this and what stage do you think that you're in right now? Right now, you know, one of them is very secure. She's known what she, our daughter has known what she wanted to do since middle school. Oh, um, wow. So she has been very set on exactly what she wants to do, has gotten a full-time job doing exactly what she wants to do and what she loves. Wow. Um, our oldest son has struggled a bit. He's not sure where he wants to end up or what he wants to, to do. He, know, he, he knows he's a hard worker and he knows he's smart and he's good at managing things. Um, so it's all about finding that opportunity for him. And now Matt's finally found, my son has found his way. So, you know, hopefully we've got one more to, to struggle to get, you know, him on his goals or get him on track and where he needs to be in life. But two of them are doing pretty, you know, self-sufficient now, which is, again, it's bittersweet because as parents, we want to be there. We want to help. We want to do. Mm -hmm. and They just require less and less as they get older and more settled. Yeah. And so then you switch the stages to being more of a, more of a relationship, more of like a friendship, yes. I should say. Yeah. It's definitely a different relationship because now we're more, we're still educating. They're still learning from us because they're just learning about different things. None of them have, you know, until they got to that point had paid rent or paid bills or, mm -hmm. you know, dealt with applying for jobs. These are things that you grow through. And, you know, even my son, the difference for him is, you know, getting out of high school and looking for a job, he was basically begging people, okay, you need to hire me. I need a job. I need money. And now that he's got schooling and experience and, you know, everything under his belt, he goes in with more confidence saying, I've got this, you know, you're going to want to hire me is yeah. his attitude now. Yeah. Um, so just seeing them go through those stages and being able to help them through the different stages, because your parenting's, like I said, it's going to change based on their needs. Right now, where your girls, you're doing everything and anything. And as they get older, what you're going to teach them is going to be different. Yeah, that's right. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't think. I mean, right at this point, they're, they're very, very um, um, open and needing of direction and guidance and kind of like uh, emulating in the copying what I do. And I, I can quickly see Lily starting to like formulate her own thoughts though, as she becomes five years old and like starting to question me. <laughs> and so I can already see that the stage will start changing over the next few years where, she, you know, she's going to want to like, you know, be her own person and like start making some of these, you know, personality decisions for herself. But um, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting to think about um, all the progressions of, of your job as a parent navigating these, um, these stages of your kids. What do you think are some of the um, parallels of being a good parent and, and being a good um, entrepreneur? You know, I think it looks different for everybody, and that's what you have to remember. Not every person is going to be the same kind of parent because not every person has the same opportunities or, or relationships with their children or, you know, if you're struggling. I guess it depends on what stage you are in life. When I was divorced and struggling to find a full-time job, 
Um, you know, my relationship with Matt was, I'm not here as much, but I'm here for you when I'm here. Um, you know, when I'm not working, I'm here for you because you are what my job is. Um, and now that he's moving out, it's, you know, we're not together all the time, but when you need me, I'm here. It just, you know, your parenting changes like your girls, when they start going to school, they're going to start working on relationships and friendships and how to navigate all that. So you're going to be helping them through all that. Whereas now it's, you know, let's learn basic it's human interaction, you know, That's it right. just, so it just, it just fascinates me how it changes so much throughout their lifetime. Yeah, no, it really is really exciting thing to talk about. And I think that it's really interesting when I, when I think about it, like with me building my consulting business and like me being a parent, I feel like there's so many things that you can cross over, you know, as it relates to success, right? When you're in business at a macro level, but it's really hard to like transfer some of the mechanical things because of that reason, because the kid is growing so fast, you know, and like within a blink of the eye, they're like doing the next thing or they're out of their, out of those clothes and like wanting to hang out the neighbor's kids versus you. And like, and like, there's all these things that keep changing so rapidly, but um, at a business level, like I feel like there are things though that are very, very simple, like cross crossover really well. And I definitely want to make sure my kids learn those concepts, you know, about like determination and motivation and drive and persistence and, and, and creation really like, right. Like having the audacity and the, the fearlessness to actually create something and build something. Um, and, and it's really hard to like figure that out. And that's one of the biggest thing I'm struggling with right now is like, how do you teach your kid that? Like, how do you teach that drive? You know what I mean? Like, cause they're, they're going to respond so differently. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's definitely just seeing what you go through. I mean, our kids saw us, you know, four and a half years ago, pick up our lives from someplace we had both lived. My husband and I had lived, you know, not married, but had lived for, you know, almost two decades, move here for a career opportunity. And our lives have just taken off since then. So I, I just think it's seeing them seeing you. I mean, look at you. You picked up and moved from California. Um, and your girls may remember some of that. Yeah. Just the fact that you moved them, but you, they'll learn through you that you moved them so that they could have a different style of life. And yeah. so you're modeling for them exactly how to live their their lives. If you're, you know, and this is not you at all, but if you were timid and, and scared to make changes and scared to jump and, you know, make those bold moves, they would learn that. But yeah. they're going to learn from you, like mine learned from me, that it's okay to make big, big jumps. It's okay to make mistakes while you're doing that, but learn from them and keep jumping, keep moving. Yeah. I'd say, I mean, learning more about your past has been really interesting too, because it sounds like it hasn't always been rainbows and sunshine. It sounds like you've had your quite a fair share of tribulations. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And it created challenges, but it also made me a stronger person. You know, totally. there were some things as an adult I had to work through, you know, when your father abandons you at three years old. There are definitely some things that I had to, yeah. that were challenging. Um from, you know, relationship perspective, but not even just relationships that affected my work ethic and my, not even my ethic, but how I looked at people looking at me, because if, you know, my, my thought at that point was if my father doesn't want me, who else is really going to want me? So is this friend relationship I have, are they really wanting to be my friend or are they just here because they are? So it always affected relationships. Um, until I got to the point where I could emotionally work through that. 
And I think it affected my work as well because no matter what good a job I did, I always wanted to do better because do they really think I'm doing a good job? Or, you know, are they just saying that I'm doing a job? It just was, it was a huge self-esteem thing I had to work through. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm not saying that's a good thing at all, but like the one silver lining is that that's probably a good indication of like, or not indication, but a like a pretty good reason or category of reasons of why you're so driven. You're probably like, I mean, remember that one deal we did the other month, and I was just like, afterwards, I'm like, Jen, <laughs> that was that was like literally torture, like psychological warfare. That was it torture. Was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was one of the worst experiences I've had. I've done some really funky things in business, and that was well, honestly one of the hardest things I've done in my life, closing that house. And you were like, you were cool as a cucumber. You were just like, it was yeah. It's growing, a growing thing, you know, because now you've been through a really, really bad one. Um, so let's learn how to make the next ones better. Oh, know? yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, yeah, infinitely, uh, you know, better now. I mean, we're so much better prepared, right? Like, we know, like, everything. Well, I know, I know, and I say we because you're part of my team now, amongst other people's teams. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're infinitely more prepared, for sure. But it was really interesting to, like, see you persevere through it. Because, like, for most people going through that, like, even mm-hmm. the other investor that we had on that deal was, like, like literally like holy shit like this is crazy like even she was like what is going on like how are you guys doing this and you and I were just like we have to do it we have to keep going just have to make the deal close and just like just kept at it and just kept at it and I was getting a little frazzled but you were cool cool as a cucumber you're like nope we're just gonna go we're just gonna go you know I knew I'll I'll deal with it later I'll have some cocktails when the deal is done but at some point you know that's my job is to make sure that all those pieces work together and everybody stays calm and everybody stays okay. And, you know, smooth out the relationships. That's where that social work thing comes in. Yeah. Make sure that all those, cause you've got tons of different personalities. You've got title, you've got a lender, you've got a seller, you've got a buyer, you know, and it you got investors, you got a developer. Yeah. Everyone wants to say, right. Everyone has an opinion and every, everyone's yeah. like, yeah, exactly. Sometimes that's not always a great thing, but you just have to work through it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That was a really good experience. I think some of that deal was, you know, personality um, traits too that were kind of clashing against each other. And that's another thing that we figured out quickly that you just have to make sure that you're smoothing over those edges for everybody so that everybody can work together. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really interesting that you um, shared with us uh, that you had social work experience because I think that is very, very advantageous for you during this business because so much of the role is like being highly emotionally intelligent and also being able to like soak it in, you know, just like being able to like take it because the amount of uh, variety of personalities that you need to soak in and then adapt and like, you know, and quite frankly, uh, manipulate is, is, is high. It's very, very high. It's a very hard skill. It's a very hard skill. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that it's really cool. And I, I just, I bring that story up because I think it's like really interesting that those things can like parlay into this thing so well. And, um, it's just a really fun, fun story to share too. Um, but that being said, I do want to be mindful of your time. So I do have a couple of uh, questions that I want to ask every guest. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and rapid fire you off, uh, my, my questions. Okay. Okay. What advice do you have for other parents and soon to be parents? Just don't compare yourself. 
don't compare yourself to the stay-at-home mom that is at home all day long or don't compare yourself to the mom that works all day long um, just make sure that you're looking at your situation and sometimes we can't spend all the time we want with our children sometimes we don't have time to do all the different activities what we want to with our children but make sure when you're there make sure that time counts and I see that with you all the time. You and your girls are constantly just doing something and interacting together. And I think everybody's picture looks different. So just make sure you're focusing on your picture and not everyone else's. That's really great advice. Not only for other parents, but just like everybody. Like really, like everybody, right? Like I feel like I even need to take that advice right now, even not as a parent. Like, you know, no, we worry always about get... Joneses. Worry about yourself. <laughs> That's right. Worry about yourself. Do what's going to make you happy, and and you know, yeah. and, and satiate your needs. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you, it's such good advice. I love that. All right. Um, if you can go back, all the way back to before your kids were um, even born, and you could tell yourself one thing. Uh, what would you tell yourself before having kids? Don't forget about yourself. Don't forget about your needs and what's going to make you happy and what's going to make you fulfilled. Um, I feel like I did that for a very long time. And again, I'm blooming with my career later in life. And I feel like I could have done it earlier if I would remembered that. Remember that any relationship you're in should be an equal partnership. Remember that you are always important in any relationship or any activity that you do. Um, and just remember that what you want matters. Oh, my gosh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what is the most surprising thing that you learned about yourself after becoming a parent? You know, I always thought the ideal picture for me, I grew up in the South. So that traditional mom's at home, dad's working, that kind of thing. So for me, it was it was learning Again, to look at your relationship as its own entity because, you know, I did stay home with my son for the first five, six years of his life, but then had to shift to a different reality of what it was. And for me, learning that, yes, I can be a great mom and I can be a successful mom and I can not spend 24 hours a day with my child, but still be a good mom and still have a good relationship with my son and raise him to be a good human, you know, which is what we all strive for. So again, just look, you know, take your, your situation and make what you want to out of it. Just don't compare it to other people's, I think is the big thing. I love it. Awesome. And then, um, what is your all time favorite business book? Probably Gary Keller, Gary Keller's how to become a millionaire. Mm. <laughs> I love it. I've never read it, but it sounds very direct. I, I, I could assume what the what the book's about based is, on the title. He is the owner of our brokerage, and just the way he has gone about things, and and the tips and tricks that he gives you. And again, it's for me, it's more the bolstering of the self esteem and the the processes to use. His books just they just speak to the heart of a real estate agent um, to get you through the tough situations because there are days that we just want to beat our heads against the wall like the deal we went through together yeah um, but on the other hand when you get through that the sense of accomplishment we had when that actually closed you know and so for him it's it, the big thing you learn from him is how to get through that and how to get to the other side um so that's a huge one for me awesome that's a great one. I've never, I've never even heard of it, so I'll definitely have to pick that one up. 
um, uh, as I try to become, you know, more and more um, educated and savvy in real estate, I definitely want to keep learning uh, the books that, you know, other agents are reading. So never um, stop. Yep. Okay. So this one is a new one that I've added. Um, what does Jen do when she's not being an awesome parent and an awesome entrepreneur? What is, what, what are you doing with your time? What, what do you do for fun and what's your hobby? Okay. Um, I'm a huge reader. And the majority of my reading is um, nothing that's going to make me learn. It is let me read a science fiction or a true crime that's just going to take me away from the world for a little while. Um, I'm a reality TV junkie. I know that's yeah. Um, you know the other part of me, and now that business has slowed down a little bit, I'm getting back into is the interior decorating for me, designing a space and and carrying it out is just, it's absolutely soul soothing to me. It's just yeah. a huge love of my life. So that's what I'm focusing on now. So it, it depends on, you know, if I have five minutes, if I have an hour, what I'll tackle, but I always yeah. have a week with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think you're already doing it in your office. Your back, your backdrop looks beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, uh, it's definitely adapting and growing every time I talk to you. Yes. Um, very cool. Well, Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about parenting and, and your work. I really, really appreciate you spending the time with me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, this was fun. It was fun. I'll, I'll see, yeah, I'll see you on another real estate tour, okay? Yes, okay. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Girl Dad Show. We really hope you enjoyed that interview. And as always, please take a moment to review, rate, and subscribe. We'll see you next time.